Welcome to THC Podcast, also known as the Heart Chakra Podcast, where I manifest that pink and green energy associated with the heart chakra and discuss matters of the heart and the relationship element of life. I'm the host, JTR, recording live from the Midwest of America, Columbus, Ohio, to be exact. And this episode is about the gray divorce or something also known as silver splitters. As you may have just heard, I am recording live from the Midwest of America, which means if you listen to the previous episode, I'm now back in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, um, actually in the suburbs right now, Reynoldsburg. Um, but um, yeah, man, it's good to be back. I just completed tech school and I'm just here for a couple weeks before I head to my next duty station, which will be in the UK. So it'd be really interesting to experience life in a different country for the first time in my life as far as living um and then also what the dating scene will be like there what the women will be like there what the culture will be like over there so definitely looking forward to that hopefully should have some good content or episode about that transition in the future but as i mentioned before this episode is about something called the gray divorce or silver splitters. I first discovered this term while reading an article on CNN. I believe it was also by um, the title of the article is called The Great Divorce, and I'll include the link to it in the show notes for any listeners that want to read that for themselves. Very fascinating information. And essentially, uh, I'll just kind of go over some of the highlights that I read and maybe just kind of summarize them on what I thought about it. But um, so it starts by saying that um, from 1990 to 2010, the divorce rate in the U.S. um, for people over 50 has nearly doubled. It was I mean, I knew before reading this that America had, I think, one of the highest, if not the highest divorce rate among all of the developed countries in the world, if not the highest divorce rate in the world. But seeing that particular age uh, gap was very intriguing because I think a statistic that I may have read or been more familiar with is that most divorces happen within the first five years of the marriage. But um, because I believe that's the most difficult time and uh, as far as like a transition and different things like that to married life. But people over 50 and the reason why it was so shocking to me is just because you would think that if, you know, let's say, for example, you get married in your 20s or your 30s at the latest. At that point, it's like <clears throat> I'm already locked in with this person for <clears throat> 20 plus years. Like, what's the purpose of getting divorced at this point? Might as well stick it out to the end. But according to the statistics and some information in this article, that's not so much the case, especially since 1990. We've seen it not just in, you know, probably like this. This doesn't just include like you know, regular people. This also includes like celebrities and um, things like that. So uh, one of the examples it gave was Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh, I'm talking about a billionaire couple. Um, they announced their divorce in 2021 after being married for 27 years. In 2010, Al and Tipper Gore, I believe they're politicians, um, announced their, their divorce after 40 years of marriage. 40 years of married to the same person and then you decide, yeah, I don't really want to be with you anymore. You kind of wonder like, why? You know, why now? And so 
Um, not to say that there's an expiration date on when you have to break up with somebody or divorce someone, but you would think like after all that time, you've just gotten so comfortable with someone, you're like, might as well just ride out to the sunset. If we was going to get divorced, we would have done it a lot sooner. But sometimes these people have children, like, and people want to maintain that image, that structure. But once, you know, kids grow up and move on with their lives, move out the house, start families of their own. I would imagine that some of these married couples that have been together for 20 plus years, now they've seen their children grow up and start families and things like that. They're like, we don't need to stay together anymore. We don't really need to portray this image like we're trying to keep the family together or things like that because you have your own family now. Uh, So that's very fascinating for me to see. Um, As of recent cases, uh, one of the major contributors to divorce, the article reads, is that differing perspectives on vaccines and politics uh, during the pandemic. And... um, it's surprising that when you decide to marry someone, you decide, hey, I want to be with you the rest of my life. I want you to be my mating partner. Like, let's create life together. Let's combine our assets together. <clears throat> you don't have these conversations about politics and cultural beliefs. Um, And it's not until something like that gets thrown into your face where you start having these difficult conversations and you're like, Hey, I love you, but you kind of tripping right now to the point where it's damn near about to be a red, not red flag, but it's a red flag. But now it's damn near like it's time to um, take this to the next level and get divorced. And uh, you would think, again, like people would have these type of conversations and maybe they do, but people change over time. They get around different people. They Maybe make start making more money or maybe they lose money and that affects who they are. But um, it's just surprising how something as important as your perspective on vaccines and politics, you would think those conversations would be had a lot sooner than just saying, oh, I love you. Let's get married or I want to start a family with you. Let's get married. And then once these things come up in the future now they're like breaking points or uh deal breakers um some older people as the article suggests have initiated divorce because they've drifted too far apart from their spouses some have suffered abuse or discovered shocking transgressions um the first part about drifting away from your spouse i can see that happening people grow people change but you know, you would think that the person you choose to marry you, that, that that you choose to marry is someone you feel like you can grow with. And it's unfortunate sometimes how people kind of get complacent in marriages and kind of stop doing the things that really attracted your partner to you in the first place or even vice versa. You start doing you stop doing the things that attracted your partner to you and you just get comfortable and complacent. All relationships, I would say, including marriage, are require work, nurturing and different things like that. And for a person to not want to like to kind of like stop doing that is like very selfish. If you if you, you know, have this vow and all this different type of stuff um, with everything that you're going to do. 
And also, if, if you don't want to do it anymore, I think it's fair enough to say it as we're seeing now, you know, um, with a lot of older people divorcing. But it's like, why you wait so long to just make that decision? You know, um, I think a lot of it has to do with cultural beliefs, um, you know, uh, and religious, like the propaganda that religion kind of sometimes can put on people. It's like, hey, divorce is not an option, damn near. You got to stick through things through thick and thin. And people are like, nah, there is, this is very contingent. I mean, marriage is essentially a contract at the end of the day. I think a lot of times society kind of romanticizes it. But as you can see, the statistics are proving like, Marriage is not forever. It's very contractual. And um, towards the uh, end of that quote where it said people have suffered abuse or shocking transgressions. Man, everybody is not built the same. If you cheat on your spouse, that can be a deal breaker for a lot of people. And then if you take it a step further, if you cheat on your spouse and then have a child on the side out of wedlock, like that can definitely be a deal breaker. I was talking to a really, really good childhood friend of mine recently. I mean, guys like my brother for real, you know, and he told me about his experience with having a child out of wedlock and he's married. And um, this isn't recent. This happened a couple years ago. So I didn't know about it until like literally the day before, like yesterday from when I'm recording this recording. And I mean, we talked about it in person and uh, I mean, I, I respect him for that. It's not something that you want to have over the phone or in text. And we live in different states and have different lifestyles, but we find a way to kind of keep in touch. So for him to like uh, explain that to me like years after it made so much sense to me now why things happened the way they did. Because um, essentially, he ended up moving to a different state. And to me, it seemed like really abruptly, I felt like he would have let me know before. And I kind of found out secondhand through someone else. And uh, that's also very close to him. And um, I didn't judge him for that. I wasn't. Uh, like, oh, man, you fake. Like, how you just going to bounce and not say nothing, bro? I wasn't on that. I'm just happy for him because he ended up falling into an even better situation professionally. So I thought it was more so aligned with that. But it wasn't until we had a man-to-man talk and he let me know some of the things that was going on in his personal life. I'm like, wow. So some of that makes sense why he was moving the way he was moving. I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. And um, in relation to his wife, um, she as of right now, has decided to stick it out with them, you know, and they've had some very, very, you know, challenging times um, through this entire ordeal. But the fact that she decided to stick with him up and I mean, for now, you know, just shows that she's built different. There's a lot of women that would not be with that, you know, and it's all about perspective, man. And who's to say when they turn 50 and 60 and 70 after their daughter is grown and has a family that she decides to like finally dip based upon what this article says, you know? And I think that's one thing to really think about when people, why probably divorce is so hard for people to come to that decision. Cause like, if you have a family, it's like, man, I want our child to grow up in a two parent household. Um, 
to kind of us further demonstrate like what love can look like, what you know our daughter or our son deserves to have and should strive for in life. But once they finally attain that, you and I, like, we may have to go our own separate ways. But you just kind of look at it like after you've already overcome a lot of that, why leave now? You know, but it's totally understandable, but it's very perplexing at the same time. Two things can exist at the same time I discovered in life. So, um, yeah, shocking transgressions. No one wants to be abused physically, emotionally, verbally. That's completely understandable why you would want to divorce someone over that. And again, you would think that you know someone before you enter into some that type of contractual agreement, but people change. And stress and distress affect people differently. People turn into abusers and the you would think that they wouldn't abuse the person they love and care about the most because you're in the closest proximity. I believe it's natural just to project that on the person that's closest to you, which is unfortunate. So definitely makes sense why people divorce for the reasons they do, but it is a little perplexing why they wait so long to actually go through with it versus why it's still fresh and things like that. Um, people in their 80s, as the article suggests, um, feel like basically life is too precious to spend with the wrong person. So that's why they decide to do it. It's like, but you 80 now, you maybe got another 10 plus years to go. Most of your life is behind you at this point. So if life is so precious, why wait till now to do it? But I love the fact that people are courageous enough to be like, it's it's not too late. I'm going to seize the moment and take control of my life. And that's kind of like similar to like, not saying necessarily apples to apples, but when I decided to join the military at 35, a lot of people were like, why? <laughs> and to me, I'm thinking like, why not? The cutoff age until 39, this is a totally new experience. I can learn. I can grow. That's the type of growth mindset that I have. And I get it. Traditionally, most people join young, right out of high school. And they don't have any type of direction in life. The same thing with college. You could say the same thing about somebody going to college. Like, why are you going to college? You could just go to trade school and get a job or you just work right away. But people go because they believe they can create a better life for them. You go to the military, that could pay for your college and allow you to travel all over the world, expand your network, get work experience like anything else in life, but everybody has different perspectives about it based upon like what the media explains to us, what our parents and family members and things like that explain to us as well. Um, but as I mentioned in the beginning, like the great divorce is really for a specific age demographic in your 50s and above. But um, some people prefer the term silver splitters because it alludes to the silver lining of starting fresh, no matter how old you are. thought that was pretty interesting as well. Um, but it's not all, you know, peaches and cream, kisses, hugs, and beautiful words when people go through these divorces. Um, there's some financial difficulties after a great divorce as well. Um, you know, when you divorce that late in life, your income a lot of times is not as active and it may be a little bit more, uh, I'd say, uh, not strict, but um, fixed is a better word. And their standard of living drops significantly. You going from someone being maybe the major breadwinner, you not working for years and years because your husband has been taking care of you, to now you're like, I'm putting my happiness first. 
And it's like, all right, well, you might get a little settlement um, from a divorce, assuming you don't have a prenup. Imagine getting divorced and having a prenup and now you leave with whatever you came in with, you know, but even if you do get a divorce and you might be getting half of everything. What if that's not enough? Um, And like, where do you go live? You may not be able to live in that mansion. You may not be able to live in that home. You might have to go rent an apartment, a smaller space. And for older adults, that can be very difficult and concerning because now you have you might need help um, with some of your health, you know, whether it be getting around town or just cleaning the home. You know, those bones and those muscles don't move the the way they used to when you were in your 30s and your 20s and your 40s. So you need help. And living alone as an older person is very difficult. Living alone as a young person is difficult, you know, but imagine doing it as a much older person. So that's very difficult. But there's some optimism and some light as well with that. Some end up remarrying, which I think is beautiful. I'm a big advocate of love and relationships and romance and sex and things like that. So to see that people are divorcing late and then remarrying, I think is beautiful to see that. Um, and then they move in with a new romantic partner and things just end up being healthier for them. Um, but about 50% of people end up living alone. So it's like 50, 50. It just goes to show that there is no one way to the finish line and the happiness and success is really up to an individual to define what that looks like and what that timeline is and the different and the route that you take to it. You know, you could take a little bit of everything from everybody. But you don't have to take everything from one person. You do what's best for you, ultimately. Um, so, yeah, that's essentially most of the highlights that I got from this particular article. I thought it was fascinating. Me being a single man in my 30s, mid-30s, you know, marriage is something that I think about um, pretty frequently. I mean, seeing exes of mine that have gotten married, seeing my homies get married, seeing my sibling and uh, you know, family members getting married, starting families, it really makes you think like, damn, like, uh, why am I not there yet? Or is it for me? Or when is my time? You know, and some of it is, has to do with me just taking um, uh, control of my destiny and just committing to a person. And another thing is like, maybe I just really enjoy being single right now. Um, and the timing isn't right. But in the military, there are a lot of people who are married. A lot of them. I mean, there's a lot of financial benefit there. But um, I think it's beautiful to see that the military kind of pushes that type of cultural um, image and uh, representation because, I mean, the military starts to become your family and um, you need that support. And sometimes you need support at home, too, Um, not just from your immediate family, but from a significant other. So. It's fascinating to me to kind of see how this new chapter in my life is going to impact my perspective on marriage and relationships. And if I end up marrying someone that's also military or someone that's a civilian um, within the next four to five years, you know, so uh, that's very interesting. But I'm comfortable marrying a little later in life, especially if it increases my chances of staying married. I don't really want divorce to really be an option. I like I want to be able to make my marriage the best relationship that I've ever had. Take all the good from my previous relationships and all the learned lessons from my previous relationships, bottle it up and just 
pour it in to my, you know, future wife if that's in my destiny one day. My uncle told me, um, learn everything you can and can everything you learn. So, you know, being able to really retain everything that I learned and just really um, just practice it in a very constructive and meaningful way is something that I look kind of forward to as I continue to get older and wiser, especially in the relationship element of life. Um, but that concludes today's episode. For anyone that would happen to listen to it, thank you so much for listening. This is like audio therapy for me. Um, as I mentioned in previous episodes, this is a hobby that I hope to monetize one day. But um, I'm passionate about love, sex, relationships, and how they impact my life and other people's lives and how I've learned from them. And um, yeah, so uh, normally in my past, I've journaled a lot by writing. And now with technology, I just really love just doing audio journals and hopefully leaving some sort of legacy and um, record some documentation that I existed on this earth. And these are my experiences were like, um, and hopefully like future generations coming behind me and behind us for human civilization can learn from this and study it too. So um, feel free to interact with the podcast um, on Instagram and Twitter at THC podcast underscore NFT. Um, you can also leave a voicemail or answer the poll questions on the Spotify page. Um, and that's it. Peace.